0: Well, good morning. and Welcome to the online. There we go. <laughs> I'm your
1: host, Louis Altisan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is two nine one sixty nine zero one, and you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is two two five. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States. This morning, hey, go! We wish you would. We always appreciate hearing from you and hearing your questions or comment. Right now is a perfect time to get your questions answered. Also, well, it always is. The beginning of the show is always good because you got a whole show, uh huh. So you got plenty of time to give a thorough answer. Whereas a lot of times folks call in right at the end of the show and we just don't have enough time to get there to call before we have to do our mandatory stuff and get out. So that's it. we can't take the call. So yeah, just give us a call. We'll try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Get you going. Get you stopped. <laughs> stopped is more important than going, I believe. There you go. Whatever the concern may be. <laughs> yeah, see, we got a call already. We're going to talk to Kevin. Good morning, Kevin.
0: Good morning, Lois, How are you doing? This Man, morning?
1: doing great, sir. Hey,
0: that's great to hear. Hey, I sent you an email on this, and you responded just like you say you do. You responded within twenty-four hours. I want to thank you on that. Well, sir. Uh, but uh, I was going to talk to you over the phone. I thought it might be a little easier. Okay. Uh, I have a. My brother has a 2013 Chevy Impala, mm-hmm. and I believe it's the V6 engine in that car. Okay. And he had some troubles. I forget what the situation was, but the car sat for a while. And it sat to where the battery died. Okay. And whenever they had it towed out to my parents' house, tried to start the vehicle, they had to try and jump start it or put a charger on the battery, rather. And after that, I don't know if they fried a computer or what has happened, but the washer fluid pump runs continually. The windows were not, you can't put the windows up or down, can't mm-hmm. do anything with those. The car will not start. It will not crank. It won't do anything as far as trying to start the car. You can turn accessories on, but it will not start the engine. And I, I'm i not sure what's going on with the thing. Yeah, almost
1: <laughs> all of those things, Kevin, are controlled through the body control module. So okay. that's kind of the area that I'm thinking to go into. I mean, certainly I would check for any kind of fuse that got blown, but I don't think there's going to be a fuse that runs that particular circuit. That's going to be a little difficult to diagnose yourself. I mean, the way you have to diagnose a body module or, or virtually any module, there's no one test that's going to tell you it's good or it's bad. What you have sure. to do is verify all of the inputs. So you can have to have a wiring diagram showing the inputs. You verify all okay. the inputs, then you check the outputs. If the inputs are there, the outputs are not there, then by default, the module's bad. And okay. other than having a known good module to substitute, that's the only way you could do it. Now, unfortunately, on a 13, you can't just substitute a used module. You have to get a new module sure. that can be programmed. Once it's programmed, <laughs> it's married to that car, so it's going to be an expensive guess. <laughs> it's sure. not something well, it's, you can be able to try. That, You're gonna...
0: Yeah, and that's the sad fact of the matter is he still owes money on the car, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been driven for probably two years. So
1: wow. He's
0: paying... Paying payments on a car that does not run and it's not doing anybody any good right well, now. Well, that's right. And since I couldn't get the windows up, I kind of had to seal those over with some garbage bags mm-hmm. and tape from the meantime. That is pretty bad here in West Virginia sometimes. Yes, sir. So. <laughs> well, and you
1: know, the longer that car sits, Kevin, the worse it's going to get because you got all those collateral issues that are going to start occurring. I know he probably doesn't have an abundance of money like most people, but he's going to probably, sure. unless you want to try to tackle it yourself, you would need a wiring diagram for the Body module and and the PCM, and you just have to start checking all the inputs. First off, check all the grounds and the powers because if all those are there, then you have to start checking the ones from sensors. But you have to have all your inputs verified. If you are not getting outputs, not getting all the outputs, then you know by default that it's going to be the body module. Now, I don't think the body module on that one is extremely expensive. I want to say it's probably in the three or four hundred dollar range. It's not like thousands okay. of dollars. And it's not a okay. lot of labor to change it, although it does have to be programmed. So you can to have to go sure. to a shop that's got capability of programming if that okay. is the case. Now there are a few other options that it could be, but again, without checking that first, that'd be my starting point.
0: Sure. Okay. When they jumped that. it
1: off, they could have possibly bumped the cables backwards or, or who knows what happens, you know. Right. But something like that could have knocked it out.
0: Well, and I just wasn't sure if maybe it was something. I was thinking possibly it could have been something where it was towed. Maybe the car thought that it was being stolen or something. I didn't know. Some the immobilizers that are on some of vehicles or whatnot. That should reset, though,
1: and that would not okay. stop the windows from rolling up and down, would not make the pump run all the time. In fact, I think it would actually okay. crank and die. Yeah, it would probably start and die. Okay. It doesn't disable to start on right. that. Now, one thing you may just want to do, Kevin, and this will be part of verifying the BCM, when you check it, let's say you don't have one of the major power inputs, check the wire. I mean, uh, you know, it's sitting for two years. A critter could have gotten there and eaten through one of the wires. Sure. I mean, that's a possibility as well. So that's why you want to check, first, all your grounds and all your powers, because that's a lot easier than checking all those inputs. And if one of the powers or more of the powers is gone, start tracing that circuit back, Make sure squirrel or mouse something didn't get in there and eat through on the power wires. Are you working with a fresh battery? Or are you still working with the old battery? You're trying to jump off every time you work on it.
0: The battery, yeah, it's, it's the old battery. So okay. I, I remember you all were saying you need 12 volts.
1: Right, and, right, and you and uh, need to get and a
0: in a battery like that's not
1: going to hold 12 volts. Right, hold and it, every time it dies, and you try to jump it back off, it's in a whole new state of mind. Then yeah, if, it loses if, if everything. If sure. you will get you a 12 volt, you know, regular battery and put in it and leave it in there a good battery and then work off of that and leave it connected that way it can start trying to learn generate some data right
0: okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. well i I wanted to tell you guys you had just one second you better you know my parents spend the week uh the winters down in florida okay i called and i said you know dad i said having this corvette just sitting in the garage is not good for it i said the (laughs) battery needs charged and he said well it'll charge just sitting right in the basement i said yeah but you know the tires get flat spots oh yeah it's not that big of a deal and i I said you know i I just think it needs to go out and get some oil lubrication you know yeah abundance
1: (laughs) of care for your dad's car sure
0: (laughs) (laughs) and he said yeah it's just you know well and i drive their other car too but uh but he said no, it'll be fine. And but he he didn't say no, so I took that as permission. <laughs> really? That <tell> <laughs> sounds like you're wearing him down. Hey, you doing him a favor, <laughs> you know? You. And I tell you, even as a thirty-five year old man, guys. That car can get out of control in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. It's, it's only 400, 2400 horsepower. There you go. <laughs> that end gets light real quick. Yep. Oh, I guarantee and, uh, you. Guys, I sure appreciate what you do. I love listening to you, and I'm glad you guys are back, by the way. I tried going in a couple times. Yeah, yeah. We uh, Well, with
1: Mardi uh, Gras, I wasn't able to get out of the city, so.
0: Yeah, that's what it <laughs> sounded like. So. Yeah. Well, I'll have to make it down there sometime, guys. I I know you don't work on Audis, but sometime I might like to drive down there and just get some new tires. Well, there you, go. Uh, there you go. There you go. We appreciate <laughs> you, man. <laughs> All right, you guys. All right, you you Have me. a good weekend. Take Thank care. you. Thank man. you. Too. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number if you want to be part of the Automotive Fire. You yeah, know, we did have a gentleman who drove in from Orlando. Yes. So he I listens remember. to the show. Pretty Monday. much. In fact, it was Monday. Yeah, he came in, bought a set of tires, got some maintenance, a general right. inspection done. So I thought that was yeah. very, 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 very nice of him mm. to drive such a long distance i was gonna but, say orlando's uh what 10 uh, 12 hours that is uh 685 miles if i remember from last time i drove it uh-huh it's, it's good ways i've, I've driven, <laughs> I've driven it one day before but <laughs> yeah not, I, not I have on myself. a regular basis so. yeah i thought I'd talk today a little bit about do-it-yourselfers okay. and some of the things that you can do because there you, are still a few things that yourselfers sure. can do sure you're more and more it's kind of getting out of the realm of the average do-it-yourself or just a good old boy with some tools some hand tools uh, used to be able to do quite a bit of stuff well and the things you used to do you can't do anymore yeah you and, know it's, and it's, a lot of things with you used to do stuff. don't need to be done anymore sure. they're gone like for instance putting a power steering pump on i mean that's something most handy people would do except right. power steering pumps have gone away now it's all electric power steering even something like a water pump which used to be a very simple job in many cases now they're driven by, by the time timing chain or the timing belt so they become a much more involved procedure to do them and some things is probably just not worth doing because you can have them done fairly inexpensively mm-hmm. and a shop has the wherewithal to do a better job than you're going to be able to affect at home right one thing there that would come to mind would be possibly brake fluid exchange where you're changing your brake fluid out Because at home, the best you can do is kind of flush it through with the pedal. But in a shop, you could actuate the ABS module if you need to, to cycle the valves. and Also, you can do a better job. And it's a relatively inexpensive service. It doesn't cost a whole lot to have it done. So that's one of those things I might would recommend just having done, unless you just really, really like doing it, possibly coolant where you don't have a lift to get under the car to get to the drain both the drains or some the of drain the drain plugs on the block so you can't drain a good portion of the coolant and uh, you know a lot of your radiators don't have drains yeah a little pet Coxie right stem. they don't have them they're not there anymore mm-hmm. so you actually got to get under there with a great big drain pan mm-hmm. and take a hose off to get the coolant out of just the radiator nowadays right and all that being said there are still some things that not only can an individual do but they can do possibly better than a shop does. Sure. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to take our
2: first little break. Be right back with more on the automobile. If you ever plan to move west... Lie back and tell me, what's stressing you out, Mr... Hervoted supervillain, art nemesis of good. I have electric superpowers, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like you're burnt out and stressed about your job. Yes, Doctor, the pressure is insane. My wife's always nagging me about my evil plans not being up to par. Melting the polar ice caps, blocking out the sun, world domination. None of it's good enough for her. Oh, some days... I just want a garden. Herr Voltage, I can't really advise you on your super-evil plans, but I can offer this advice on gaining some peace of mind. Bring your car in once a year to AGCO for a general inspection. They check your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and they catch any problems early so you don't have major repairs down the road. Hmm, I know AGCO could work on my Scion, but can they work on my G-19 Thermonuclear Urban Assault car copter? You'll have to call AgCo about that. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at AgCo Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go.
1: Good morning and welcome back. This is the Automotive i your host, Louis Aldazan. If you give us a call, we'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Brian Terry right here by my side. See two of us we can get any questions asked you may have. Just That's give us a call. 291 And, you know, before the break, we were talking about things that the do-it-yourselfers can do. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the things, and I'm going to start out probably the simplest, and that is an all change. Mm-hmm. I think the average do-it-yourselfer has more time to spend doing that job correctly. And sure. So long as he will gain the information he needs before he starts, get the stuff he needs before he starts, he could probably do a better job even than a high-quality shop. Sure. just because he has the time to do it more thoroughly and and a certainly much better job than most of the quick change places do sure sure we change all all day long sometimes right? and you have to actually take when you drain that take that drain plug out you got to leave it out for a while you got to let that oil run down that's still in the motor down into the pan let it drain out it sometimes it takes 10 15 minutes for all the oil to drain out of yeah, a vehicle. or more and more is better i mean if you can leave it dripping for an hour and a half or two hours it's even, even better, better. Because the worst gunk and trash and stuff that's in the bottom of that pan is pretty thick. Yep. And it's going to very, very slowly, because there's not a lot of slope on the bottom of that pan. Gravity has to do the work. But if you can allow that to sit for a long period of time, now obviously no shop is going to be able to do that, because if the customer's waiting in the waiting room, they want to be in and out of there in a half hour at most. I see some of them are five-minute all changes nowadays. But how much real good are, you, are doing, you doing right yeah if you're not by not doing it right all of the trash sludge and, and debris that's in that pan so just basically recapping a proper oil change number one is you need to drive the car before you start to get the engine up to operating temperature now yep. i know it's a little more convenient to, inconvenient to cold. work on a hot engine but hot oil is much thinner than coal oil and it's going to run out a whole lot better if yep. you let the engine cool completely off before you do the job you can still get it done, but it's going to take much, much, much longer for all that oil to run out of it. And some applications, it's kind of best to let the engine cool off because of the placement of the oil filter. Well, sometimes you just have to. You have to because you, you, can't, right, you can't get to it without getting next to the manifold or mm-hmm. going past the manifold and getting burnt. So in some cases, just if you can, you want a hot engine. If you right. can't, well, you have to do what you have it to do. It can still be done. Just allow more time exactly. to get the job done. The next thing, obviously, you're going to need to lift the vehicle some kind of way, whether you have a lift at home or if you have jacks and jack stands, that's Mm -hmm. another way. A lot of people like the roll-up ramps where you drive the two front wheels up and lift the front of the car. The thing that's important there, notice, take note of where the drain plug is. If the drain plug is in the back of the pan, then running it up on the front wheels up on a ramp would probably work okay because the level of the oil is going to slope back towards the drain plug. But let's say like a few of them, the drain plug's in the front of the pan. Well, if you lift just the front and the car is leaning to the back, you're going to have a level of oil in the back of that pan that's not going to, not be going to get come to. out. So you have to just kind of take notice of where the drain plug is. You want the car leaning towards the drain plug, correct? I guess in a case like that, maybe you could use the ramps on the back wheels so that the car leaned forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would work if that, it were possible. Yeah, you could use a jack stand and a jack. You know, jack the car up and put it up on stands. But, but you know, a car is a very very heavy instrument. You don't want it suspended above you in an unsafe manner. So right whatever manner you may use. lift with you definitely need to do t- take your safety and put use some jack stands right be sure that car is secured and i always like to kind of give it a little shake before i get under there mm-hmm. when i used to use jack stands not that i want to push it off the jack stand but i would really fall on the jack stands and me <laughs> exactly you know we kind of do that at the shop even with the lifts mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just barely lift the vehicle off the ground and give it a little nudge mm-hmm. just to make sure it's stable before we go six foot in air with in it in place and Maybe it's not on a weak spot in the body. Right. Maybe some unseen corrosion or something that could give way. Whatever thing. But once you get the car up, you know, you take the drain plug out. You allow all the oil that'll drain out that, that can drain out. And I always like to make the, I guess, jokish type suggestion. Hey, pull the plug, put the pan on there, go get a bologna sandwich. You know, there you go. Go in the house, have something to eat. Go do something else while and let it drain. Just let every bit come out that's going to come out. Now, when you come back. The thing is, when you go to put the drain plug back in, there's a couple things that most people don't really occur to them. Number one, there's some type of sealing mechanism on this drain plug. Right. Whether it be a copper washer, a fiber washer, or even an aluminum washer. Crush washer or an Mm O-ring. Some of them have an internal O-ring in it. The point is, if it's got a crush washer, that's a one-shot deal. Right. So you need to have a new crush washer available to you each and every time. These things are dirt cheap. You right. can generally buy them at the dealership when you buy your oil. Filter. I know Honda; they usually throw one in when you buy an oil filter from Honda. A lot of they'll times, they'll tape it right to the top of the they'll, box. They'll for you. give you the drain yeah. washer if you buy the filter from them. If you have to pay cash for it, it's it's, big, it's no it's big deal. Be pennies. It's, yeah. it's it's very very inexpensive. Now, if you've got a O ring, inspect that O ring. Make sure it's not cut, it's not nicked, it's not flattened out. Right, which happens over time. Also, when you take your oil paint, drain plug out. You should give it a turn with a wrench. You should be able to screw it out the rest of the way with your fingers. With your fingers, right? Same thing going back in. It should screw in all the way to contact with your fingers, and then you put the wrench and put the torque on it to seal it The correct torque, right. But those plugs are a little softer generally than the metal in the pan. They're made that way on purpose. So if the plug thread starts to gall slightly, it'll tear up the plug rather than the pan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, Again, if it comes out difficult or goes in difficult, do yourself a favor. Just throw that plug away. Go your, to the new dealership one. and buy a new plug. Don't go get an oversized plug from a parts store. I don't even like the aftermarket plugs. They I just don't. never fit as well and never seal as well. Well, and it's kind of my pet peeve. You know, we, we change oil all, all day long. And when I go under a vehicle, I pretty much know what, I'm, what wrench I'm going under there with. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's changed the drain plug to a different size... And I get under there and I got the wrong wrench. It's just, it just kind of turns the whole day, you know. Well, and there's just so many different sizes and thread pitches and all that that if you go with an aftermarket plug, get the wrong thread pitch, so you get a 125 instead of a 150 metric pitch, it may screw in there, start screwing there, but by the time you force it in with that wrench, sure. next time it comes out, threads are coming with it. Or even a standard plug in a metric hole, some see, of see, some of the have, threads some are them real are close. close, close enough to where it'll screw in. It'll be difficult. You won't be able to screw it in with your fingers. So. Again, what I always suggest to anyone, if you're going to start a regimen of changing your own oil, mm-hmm. go and purchase a couple of extra oil filters. Sure. Have them at the house. Go and purchase maybe a little bit of extra oil. Have that at your house. Go ahead and buy an extra drain plug, even though you don't need it. Put it in your toolbox and have it. Eventually, you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. Crush washers, buy two or three of them. Have them there because you don't want to get in, say, the only car. You drain the oil out. The plug comes out difficult. Well, now what do you do? Cause you don't have right. another car to get to the dealer or wherever to get a plug. So get an extra plug. It's not a lot of money. I mean, the expensive ones are maybe $10. The cheap ones are 3 or $4. Yep. Just go ahead and get a good quality drain plug. Have it there. Inspect it each and every time. When it comes out difficult or it goes in difficult, then go ahead and stop and replace it mm-hmm. right then and there. Yeah. Take that old one and, and don't keep it for a spare. Go ahead and throw it away. Next time you go out, get you another new one to replace the one you just put back in the pan. Correct. I mean, the only other exception would be if you plan on selling the car before the next oil change, then obviously you don't have to do it. But, I mean, how often is that going to happen? Right. Now, when you do tighten this drain plug down, again, you should be able to screw it in all the way by hand. To contact. With a new crush washer or whatever. But at that point, you don't want to just see how tight you can put it. There is a torque specification for drain plug. There is, and it varies between manufacturers and even models, mm-hmm. depending on the engine and that's even in your vehicle. models on the same right vehicle with the same engine. So you will have to look that up. Those are widely available on the internet. Sure. We have a lot of them listed on our website under all drain plug torques. You can go in there if you're a registered member. You can get access to that, and it's free information. But make sure you get the drain plug torque. You know what I like to do is I like to actually write it. Take a marker and write it on the oil pan right around the drain plug correct that way if you happen to get under there and you forget what the drain plug torque is you don't have to stop wash your hands go look it up it's written right there on the oil pan well, that's right and you know most people i guess they're going to change it all between three and six months uh-huh you may not remember six months from now what sure all, Very, all torque possible. was now what you don't want to do is screw it in hand tight and then go out and look for something because you get distracted next thing you know it. you come back you dump all in it and the drain plug falls out uh-huh so it's good like you said make a note write it on the pan near the drain plug so yep. it's right there a little crayon or crayon uh, a marker a uh, sharpie kind. anything just clean the pan real good with some brake cleaner or some kind of cleaner and then just hand write it right there on the oil that's pan. right then you'll have it from then on if nothing else if you do have to go and Get your all change somewhere. At least the other guy's got the torque spec right there. Sure. Maybe he's more Whether likely he's to use it. it or not. Yeah. Well, he's probably less likely to use. It. He has to go look it up. Oh, exactly. Like, more if likely, it's there, it's right may. there. He may. So it may save you some time and trouble there. Now, the same thing is true of the all filter. It is when you remove the all filter. Number one, we always recommend using the original equipment all filter. Reason being. If you have a Ford, use a Motocraft. If you have GM, a Delco. If you have Honda, Toyota, Honda or Toyota, all filters. I'm not saying there's not another all filter on the market that might be equally good, but they vary a lot. Even some of the good filters have multiple lines. They may have a silver line a gold line or a even first line or second line even some of the names you thought were were very good filters are absolute junk nowadays that's right a lot of them have changed hands uh there's one that's very 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 popular and i'm not going to give a name on the radio Uh but it's absolute junk right i mean we've cut them open they're just they're just trash you don't want to use that if you get the oem filter you're always going to get a good filter correct like I said, may not be the only good filter out there, but you're going to have a good filter. And it's going to be readily available. Any right. dealership will have it. That's right. You can get it from any dealership. In the case of Motocraft or Delco, sometimes parts stores have those. Sure. Uh, I've seen Walmart carry them. Right. Some of the big box stores even have those. Now, when you take that all filter off, there's an O-ring in it that yep. seals it. Always make sure the O-ring comes Is off with the filter. Correct. Because a lot of times, if you put the filter back on dry, if you do not lubricate the ring... Mm-hmm. The next time you take the, the O-ring off, it will stick to the block, and it will come off. It will stay on the block. It will tear and, out of the filter and right. stay on the block. Now you've got two gaskets there, which are not going to seal. could end up blowing out, pumping all your oil out of your car. Hey, We're going to take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive
2: Hour. Ah, yes, Mr. Bigfoot. Huh? Make yourself comfortable on the couch, and tell me, what has stressed you out? Uh, I'm just a secluded forest dweller, and I like it like that. But every now and then, I get these people hunting me down. There's a TV show, jerky commercials, and now another movie. Then I worry about the hype. If they do find me, will my feet be big enough? Well, Mr. Foot, I can't really do much about these people, but I can tell you how to create some peace of mind in your life. Do like me and take your car into Agco once a year for a general inspection. They provide me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need now and in the future they can even catch small issues that could lead to big expensive problems down the road an agco general inspection huh oh one more thing doc could you tell me where i can find this toilet paper i've heard wonderful things about it here's agco's number the name of another store that may ship some tp straight to your cave thanks doc get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at agco automotive agco it's the place to go noise
1: off the river to right don't mind it hey welcome back just join way us way the automotive hour. hour i'm your host lewis alderson with mr brian terry here between two of us we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have just give us a call our number is two nine one sixty nine zero one. talking a little bit today about things to do it yourself can do and right. possibly do better than a shop might do but of course we'll take a call on any topic you may have that we will we're still live and waiting for there a call you go. that's right <laughs> yeah we were talking about changing the oil right. and the oil filter now i know one thing that I don't know how common it is today, but at one time people would take the oil filter and it would fill it with oil. I was just thinking about that during the break.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
1: of course the logic was, well, that oil filter is going to take a few seconds to fill up and that engine would run without oil, so I fill it with oil, I'm going to cut that out. But what you don't realize is the oil filter is on the other side of the pump, it's on the output side. Right. So the oil that is in that you put in the filter is unfiltered from the pan right it's coming right out of that bottle and that bottle is clean all but it's not filtered all correct there is a difference so it's best not to do that go ahead put the filter on put a little oil film on the o-ring around the filter so that it doesn't stick next time but do not fill that filter now another thing is that when you're working there if your engine is really really dirty and crusty a lot of road grime debris uh-huh. grit and such as that it's good before you take the filter off to clean that area. Sure. Because anything that falls off the engine, if you bump it with the filter, if it goes into that little hole on top of it, it's on the output side of the filter. Which it is going will go directly to the engine bearings with the oil pressure. It's not going to be filtered. Correct. So you want to be sure that area is clean before you start. We're going to take a few phone calls. We've got John online. Good morning, John. Hi, it's John from Toronto calling. Hey, John. Good how are good you morning. this morning? Good,
3: thanks. I have a question on my Civic uh, 2012 uh, with a basic engine. Mm -hmm. How often or should you adjust the mechanical lifters on
1: those? John, that's kind of a confusing thing. A lot of people will see in the owner's manual. It says do an audible inspection of the valve lifters. What an audible inspection is, you listen, and if there's noise, then that's when you would attempt the thing but it's not really routine maintenance in other words if there is no noise what the owner's manual says is an audible inspection every so many miles in other words just listen to it if you hear some noise then you would do it i mean i see people go the life of the car and never have to do it others you know they'll start to get a little noisy because of some wear and tear and then you would have to go in and have them done but i would basically just recommend listening to the engine if you don't hear any sounds coming out of them you should be just fine
3: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I used to do it myself on my mm-hmm. MG when I was 17. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 72 now, so I won't do That's much. been a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've read different things on it. And I I just get worried if I don't have a good mechanic right. that they might over-tighten them and actually damage it. So I, I, That I don't could really happen rather
1: leave it <laughs> right if they under tighten them then you're going to have a problem with noise you'll know about it but if they're over tightening, and the valve doesn't stay on the seat as long then you could end up with a burnt valve or something like that so yeah. but that comes from the fact that honda in their owner's manual says audibly inspect valve lash and people just see inspect valve lash and they think it's routine maintenance and then somebody on the internet picks up on it and chimes in and yak 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 i mean i've seen those cars i mean as so long as you're keeping your oil changed, there's probably going to be very little wear in that area. It's an overhead cam engine, so it's just not something that you really have to do a lot.
3: Yeah, it's super quiet. It's got 60,000 mm-hmm. miles, and it, you, you, you can't hear it when it's I've idle. seen them with four
1: times that yeah. much and have never been adjusted. So. Yeah, yeah.
3: Would you sense some warm weather up here? We still got
1: some <laughs> snow on the ground here. It is absolutely gorgeous. here. I mean, yesterday, probably 68 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit, nice little breeze blowing. Oh, it was wonderful.
3: My grandchildren are going down to Disney in the next early next week so they can enjoy it. There you go. Yeah. All right, this
1: is a glorious time of year down this part of the country, man.
3: Yeah, well, that's great. Well, thanks, guys. Always nice to talk with you. All right, John. Thanks for nice calling, man. Okay, bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, going back to our phone lines with Neil. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Mr. Lewis. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Doing
4: great. You and, you and Mr. Brian, Mr. Lewis, got a question for you. I own a 2007 Lexus mm-hmm. RX. Mm-hmm. And uh, took it to a very trustworthy shop, and they suggested that there's a hose that I have leaking out of the engine, and there was a factory recall on that. Took it to the Lexus dealership, Mm -hmm. and they said it had already been replaced, but replaced with a previous owner. This is a secondhand uh, vehicle for Mm me, which I intend to take back to my mechanic. Mm -hmm. What Influence do I have on the Lexus dealership because they're saying it's been replaced and it only is guaranteed for a year. That's It correct. indeed was a factory recall. Yeah. Do I have any recourse? No. On Mm-mm. no, I, I've you, seen you that. I don't question. Yeah, I'm I not saying. Like it, yeah, I'm not saying I agree
1: it. with it, but i seen this many, many times. GM had a problem with the taillight circuits burning up. The, the sockets would burn up on one of their cars. They recalled it. Of course, the new part wasn't any better than the old parts. so two, three years later, burn up again. People would go right. back and say they've already been replaced, and I've seen okay. people go to every length short of going postal on them. But yeah, <laughs> the recall basically says they got to change it one time, and okay. unless there's an extended recall, which could happen, I mean, you just you might go to Highway Traffic Safety Administration and see if they've extended the recall. That can happen where they would be forced to take care of it again, but. Most of the time no. Once it's been done, they're pretty much out of it.
4: Well, it looks like I'll be making a call to Miss Elizabeth. There you go. Thank you so much for your time. All right. right,
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. You want Parliament Automotive. We'd love to have you. We were talking a little bit about the all changes and stuff. And again, just like with the drain plug, there is a torque spec on many all filters. Some don't. It's just contact and then maybe a quarter turn more was the old rule of thumb over the years but you can put that too tight yes make it very very difficult to get off again you can make it too loose where it'll leak so there's a happy medium there Mm -hmm. you don't want it too tight and you don't want it too loose especially if you're changing your own oil
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know shops have the wherewithal to get a stubborn filter off but most do-it-yourselfers don't Mm -hmm. just because some of the placements of the filters you can't access it with the old strap wrench right you actually have to have a cup or a, a set of teeth to grab them and well, try to take them off and that's a good point a lot of the newer filters have like little flutes in the edge of the filter and there's a socket that so it, would slip over that it's actually a cap yeah like a cap or like, like a, a big kind of like, a, like big socket, a big socket more or less, yeah slips on there are a huge number of variations it, sure. so you've got to have the right one for your car but if you have that it makes it a lot easier you can sure. rash it on you can screw it right take off take it right off so those are a lot easier unfortunately they also make it easier to over tighten it yep if you're not real careful Let's go back to our phone lines with Joey. Good morning, Joey.
5: Oh, hey. Good morning, Lewis. Yeah, thank y'all for taking my call. You're, you're right. It's a fine day, and I'm cruising along here, and there's a whole bunch of motorcycles passing me up. <laughs> uh, everybody's out for their little fun yep, in the sun. that's right. All right, I got three things I'm fixing to embark on here on my 05 Dodge Ram 3500. Okay. Two-wheel drive, six-speed manual. I'm pretty sure I got the G56 manual tranny on it of it right now it's getting to be time for a clutch even though i've only got one hundred and fifty-five thousand on it yes sir. i know it's coming time so if i if i looked it up right on this on this g56 there's uh it's kind of like a one of a better expression a flex plate that the flywheel bolts onto Does that sound right where the everything mounts to the transmission the clutch pressure plate the flywheel
1: I've not seen that. Yeah. All of them that I've ever seen has a regular flywheel on it and everything okay. bolted to that. And then the input shaft of the transmission is going to slip into a spline. Well, that's, that's what I'm connects. used to, yeah. Uh-huh. There, could be a, there could be a new design that I'm not used to. I mean, I, I'd have to look it up in service data to tell you. I know there are some what they call dual disc clutches out there. And they have some what they call a something mass flywheel where it's almost like a two-part flywheel that has a dual mass flywheel. I have run across okay. that, but the replacement procedure yeah. is basically the same regardless. All
5: right. Well, I'm gonna double check, and what I was curious about was if there's aftermarket kit, or would you recommend just getting the fly? Obviously, I got to get the flywheel either remachined or just replace it. One or two. It's not slipping yeah I well just, i would inspect I, I know it's it. getting there
1: yeah i would inspect it sometimes you can reuse the flywheel i mean if it's not scored up deeply and it's not causing any problems not cracked or anything like that we'll just take some emery paper sand a nice smooth surface on as long as there's no grooves or anything and reuse the flywheel
5: right uh if right. it's been
1: cared for you know not driven rough and all many times you can reuse a flywheel
5: yeah well i don't uh i use it for towing the throwing a big fifth wheel camper and i just well uh, it it, it may be worn may
1: have have hot spots in again you could check it having it having ground or possibly replacing it depending on how the design is and how much it costs
5: but yeah all right the uh the other thing is a uh and hey i recommend these young guys go ahead and put your lift in your shop i did it on mine Mm -hmm. i much prefer that doing my own oil change like you were talking about earlier absolutely uh I like, uh, doing my own work. I've put front bearings on the hubs. Mm-hmm. I've done fixing, uh, this afternoon's going to be rear, rear brake job. So mm-hmm. I got new rotors to go with the there you go. Dodge pads. Now my air conditioning, let's talk about that for just a second. Okay. I've got it's like I said, it's an 05. So I've got the usual Dodge stuff where the vents, right. you know, Don't got work foam. Anymore. Well, it's, it's working. The compressor's still working. Right. But I'm having to add Freon to it now and the mode door is not blowing in uh, right. the air in the right direction, right. all this. It's
0: very common And I'm noise.
5: hearing clunking noise right. in there. So I know I'm going to have to rebuild the box. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking because it's going to be a all hands on deck, all week long project. Oh, yeah. I think what I'm going to wind up doing is going to junkyard, get me one, rebuild <laughs> it. Cause I think what I'm going to have to do, correct me if I'm wrong, I might as well get the evaporator heater core I might as well get a compressor expansion valve and the dryer do it all at one
1: time yes sir now those uh I, the actuators and the doors are available through Chrysler I believe on most of them and they're not that expensive. I was gonna as, okay rarely yeah because yeah. I was gonna ask
5: if what's the best I can do and then as far as that foam and stuff would I be better off buying a heavy-duty, Weather strip and put it on myself no, really know where you're okay. gonna be
1: able to put it i mean the new door is gonna come with new foam and you figure this one lasted from oh five to now so chances are yeah. by the time it goes out again you won't have a truck anymore anyway but <laughs> yeah we always just take it apart inspect it and replace the components now on right. some dodge models i'm not sure about this and you might check with a dealership sometimes you can buy a case assembly with everything in it for a reasonable price
5: yeah. um, all right I- I'm going to have to check on that because I checked with one of the dealers here in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to think he had one, Because I, I asked. I said, well, did you make the box pre-assembled, ready to go? Yeah. So some should I go ahead do, and do some
1: models? They don't.
5: Okay. It's, it's not. I... All right. So if they don't make a pre-assembled one then you just get obviously the i gotta get new doors right. should i go ahead and replace all the actuators
1: while i'm at it oh i would yeah. because dodge actuators are cheap i want to say they're 39 40 bucks a piece and they're, a lot of them are very them. difficult to get to yeah they're real hard to get two yeah. buses back together so yeah i would definitely change right. the four actuators it's yeah. some little plastic links that go between the actuator and the door i'd replace those that's what i saw and then i would look at the mo at the doors and if the doors are good you could reuse them if they're not good and replace them
5: yeah that's going to be a Big fun project. It is a big job. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I've, hey, fortunately, in addition to asking you, I got YouTube. So, mm, there you go. uh, there you go. Middle aged guy, but I'll tell you what, I use the heck out of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, a lot of
1: times it helps.
5: <laughs> the, and if I've seen it before where you tackle a, a project and they they screw up and they'll tell you, look, don't do it this way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> like, do
5: it. Oh, okay, well, good.
1: That's right. A little bit but, of experience. Uh,
5: I had to learn a lesson the other day. I had done the front brakes in my wife's Chrysler right. Town and Country. Well, I put aftermarket pads, yep. new rotors. Well, oh, yeah. it didn't take long. They warped them again. had again. overheat it. Yep,
1: yep. yep. surely and will. And they
5: warped, so I had to redo it. So I showed up at, showed up at Chrysler. There said, you go. Give me the right, the really right pads. Really, they're not that, right. that,
1: not that much more expensive. No. You go ahead and get the right ones.
5: Yeah, it, it's fine. I'd rather do that than keep buying rotors. Ain't that
1: true? Yep. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm so, up against the brake. Yep.
5: Yeah, go ahead. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. Bye bye. All
2: right, take one more quick little break. Be right back from more in the automotive hour. So, lie back on the couch, Ms. Bo Peep, and tell me what's got you stressed. Ugh,
3: my sheep keep getting lost. I mean, they're in the meadow one minute, and I look down at a text, and then I don't know where to find them. And they keep doing it. Let me level with you, Doc. Sheep are not the smartest animals. But you, Denise, you're the exception. Look, Doc, you ever try to have a conversation with a sheep? It's a little one-sided. They just look at you with this blank look on their faces. That and the whole getting lost thing has me at my wit's end.
2: I can't really help you with losing sheep, but I can tell you how to get a little peace of mind. Do like me and take your car into Agco Automotive once a year for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what you need to keep your car running right and it saves money in the long run.
3: With the money I save, I could buy some shock collars to keep those little half-wits in one place. Denise, you know I wouldn't do that to you.
2: Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment
1: of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between tools, us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call, 291 And, you know, before the break, we were talking about oil changes, and right. we had gotten to the point of putting the oil filter on, not too loose, not too tight, just right. If you have a torque spec, that's great. Yep, use it. Now, the oil that goes in the vehicle. Always use the correct oil for the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it calls for a 020 or even the new Toyotas have gone to a 016 now. Correct. So, always use the correct oil for the vehicle. And just because it's getting older doesn't mean it needs thicker oil. No, the right all is the all that will last the life of the vehicle. And I always like to keep the same brand of all right I do all not like changing brands all oil, oil is good right but it's not all compatible with each other that's correct so if you use the the same brand at through the life of the vehicle you will end up not causing yourself a whole lot of grief well, later can cause on all consumption issues and everything else some people go down and buy whatever's on sale and put it in there and it's not all the same so you don't want to do that right but the right all is the all specified by the manufacturer Let's catch a few of these phone calls. All All right. Our line's are lit up. We got Fred on line. Good morning, Fred.
6: Hey, good morning. How yes, are you sir. Good doing morning. Great, sir. Oh, quick, quick one. Well, maybe not quick. But anyway, I got a 95 Chevy pickup, mm-hmm. and it started acting up on me. With started going down the road, you know, just kind of going about 25 miles an hour, and the engine was cut out. Okay. And then uh, then it grew to, you could turn it on, it idle fine and park or neutral, but if you put it in gear, it shuts down. And now it doesn't even want to idle in park neutral. I went through a few of the diagnostics that I could do, check the map sensor voltage, you know, all that kind of stuff, put pressure on the fuel line. And, you know, I don't know if I couldn't get the pressure gauge to fit just right, but, I got five pounds of pressure when I turned off the key it dropped the pressure went to zero almost immediately yeah that's not nearly
1: enough pressure
6: yeah i know (laughs) it's supposed to be about what 15 uh 12 to 14 pounds or something like that
1: 95 that's got the throttle body on it yes sir yeah that's the throttle throttle body body. around 12 to 14 yeah
6: Yeah. and so i went ahead and i I changed the uh just because i I looked at it what what is it the the pressure uh oh gosh i'm a it yeah, the pressure regulator. Mm-hmm. It had what looked like it could have been some seepage. Well, they leakle. Uh, I do better, but but if I pump the pedal, it'll mm-hmm. keep running. But just really, really poorly.
1: Yeah, but I would first address that all. Pre- uh, excuse me, the fuel, fuel pressure, pressure problem. I mean, if you only got five pounds of fuel pressure. That's not enough. And nothing you right. can do is going to make it run right unless until you get the right fuel right. pressure. Now, that may or may not be the whole problem, but you know that would certainly be where you want to start. That's a known problem and a simple problem that would cause every one of the symptoms you talked about
6: yeah and, and you know I, I, like i said i went through it i had, I had actually had already bought the tune-up stuff so i did a complete tune-up mm-hmm. on it and anything it just it just failed sounding better you know yeah
1: um, yeah but, yeah that i mean low fuel pressure will do exactly what you're talking yeah. about and particularly if it was originally maybe at eight pounds or nine pounds it would start to bog and all that stuff and as it came down it may get to where it just won't run at all so i would certainly address the fuel pressure problem first off and is
6: there anything other you know from what I've chased down, fuel pump. I, you know, I'm just looking at fuel pump.
1: Yeah. yeah, pretty much.
6: Okay, and that's unfortunately what I don't want to tackle on my own, <laughs> only because I don't have the facilities. That, right, uh, right. You either have to, to drop the
1: t- drop the tank or lift the bed off. Right. By the way is kind of a big job at home.
6: What ballpark? I, I know you hadn't seen it. What what kind of range are you looking? About two at? and a half
1: What's hours worth of labor to do it. So whatever, the shop whatever rate times two and a half, and then whatever the uh, fuel cost. Cost, probably on that one. It's probably just got a little fuel pump itself. You don't have to buy a complete module assembly. So they're not that bad, hundred bucks or so. Okay, all
6: right. Well, sounds the, the reasonable. righty. All right. Thank you very much,
1: sir. Thank right. you. Bye bye. Bye. All right. We're gonna to try to take one more right. call. And think—is it Jenny? Jerry.
5: Jerry. Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry.
1: My eyes look so, not what they used to be. <laughs> I can't see that screen. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Lewis, where well, I get my all changed, they put two thousand miles on the computer, and I like to have it set at three thousand. I got to go around a thousand miles with my light, saying that uh, maintenance is a Yeah, spot.
1: did you? Does it have to be two thousand? No, or can they? Set no, no, it? they can set that. What kind of car is it, Jerry? It's a, a Toyota Avalon. Yeah, they can normally set that. The one, some of them do not allow you to set it; it automatically calculates. But it's never going to be two thousand, I don't mm-hmm. think. You know, unless you're not driving very much and the time is expiring on you. Is, is yeah. The, no. No, it's not. No, they should be able to set that wherever you want. I mean, they can set okay. it to three, four, whatever. Well, I sure
5: appreciate you.
1: Thanks a lot. All right. Lewis. All right, Jerry. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. 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 All right, there you go. And we were talking again about the all and, and uh-huh. such as that. I think we pretty much got that discussed. One other thing that occurs to me that folks can do themselves will be like a tire rotation. Sure that's simple something enough. yeah simple enough basically the same as the oil change where you just lift the car to get the tires off the ground it also gives you an opportunity to look under your car to look at the brakes while you got the tires off things you can't see with the tires on right look at the cv covers things like that so you're looking for problems while you've got it off right very very simple just you remove the tires rotate them front to rear is how most people do now it is acceptable to cross tires Nowadays, it where be. it used to be. Well, you used to always say, I don't know if it's ever really been a problem, but they always said don't cross tires. But, yeah, the only time that's really desirable, I think, is if the tires are chopping in a weird fashion, we may take the fronts and cross them to the rear and bring the rears to the front. Right, and that way they turn in a different direction than they have been turning. Correct. And when you get ready to put it back on, you want to, again, kind of like your all plug, you want to screw those lugs on. They should go all the way on with hand pressure until sure. they seat. And then there's a torque spec. And you also want to torque those in a particular pattern. Depending on the amount of lugs that are on the vehicle. Right. But it's always one across from the other. Right. You're always going directly across to the next one. So it's four, you go straight across. Right. If it's five, you go in and a, a star, star type pattern. If it's six and such, as our straight across again. But you do want to torque those down. There is a torque specification for that, the lug nuts. That needs to be used because you can, you can put them on too loose, which is therefore they may come off. Mm-hmm. or you can actually put them on too tight and cause them to bind up and stretch the threads out and then you can't get them back off. Now, another thing, the torque specification for lug nuts is always with a dry lug stud. You do not lubricate. Right. I'm glad the you brought studs. that up because I've seen a lot of people lube the stud because the threads were starting to turn on them. Mm-hmm. So they'll put an anti-seize or something like that on them and when you do that, it changes the amount of clamping clamping force that you use when you torque it down right and when torque is torque is not actually tightness torque is a resistance to turn which relates to the tightness basically tightness is a function of how much that stud stretches it's like an incredibly powerful spring when you screw the nut down a certain amount it stretches the stud which provides clamping force now if those threads are lubricated with the proper torque it is clamped much, much tighter. tighter than it would with a dry because you you reduce the resistance to turn mm-hmm. which is what a Tark spec is. So again, those go on dry. Now if you got a tire pressure monitoring system on your car, which most do nowadays, there's going to be a relearn procedure that you have to go through to tell the tires where you put them. To tell the car where, the you, car move the where you move the tires. Right. Now if you don't do that, I think it'll still function, they, they will but they'll read alert. the wrong position. So correct. If you just don't have the wherewithal to reprogram it, a few of them require scan tool. Most of them there's some kind of procedure you can use. Right. I to, mean you're, you just have to look it up for your car right your local shop would be glad to do it for you i mean it doesn't take that long on most vehicles it's a fairly simple process with the right tools right that or if you want to just note where the tires are just yeah. realize that you can if it remember says left front that's really the right right rear or something of that nature <laughs> left yeah. rear, yeah wherever you put that tire and again most shops would go in and relearn those for you for probably a very reasonable amount of money and many of them you can do yourself sure there is a procedure sometimes it's involved sometimes it's pretty easy a few of them will actually redo themselves some of the reset button you just have to look it up for your particular car correct i see we're just about out of time we're ready to get on out of here and start winding on down like thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell your friends and go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service whichever that might be Find a written review and fill it out for us. There you go. And you know, if you tell a friend about the show, that's going to increase our listenership. If everybody did that to one person, we could double our listenership. That would work. And same thing with the written reviews. When people look at the reviews, you got more good reviews. They're more likely to click on the show. So, again, makes the sure show more popular, makes it keeps us on the air. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.